Alright folks, today I'm going to read um, I think a short little book called The Pomo Bear Doctors by S.A. Barrett from the University of California Publications in American Archaeology and Ethnology. This was published back in 1917. Alright, so, introduction. One of the most concrete and persistent convictions of the Indians of a large part of California is the belief in the existence of persons of magic power able to turn themselves into grizzly bears. So, <coughs> the Indians here are the apparently the indigenous people of California, so the Native Americans. Well, they won't call themselves Native Americans because they call themselves by the tribes they were from. So, Indians is the label given to them by... The white man okay so it's just interesting right it's called indians in california cali california it's just i'm just saying it's, you can't make this shit up right <laughs> the biggest cali temple <clears throat> in america is in california <laughs> okay such Shamans are called bear doctors by the English-speaking Indians and their American neighbors. The belief is obviously a locally colored variant of the widespread werewolf superstition, which is not yet entirely foreign to the emotional life of civilized peoples. The California Indians had worked out their form, their form of this concept very definitely. Thus Dr. Krober, thus Dr. Krober says, <clears throat> A special class of shamans found to a greater or less extent among probably all the central tribes, though they are wanting both in the northwest and the south, are the so-called bear doctors, shamans who have received power from grizzly bears, often by being taken into the abode of these animals, which appear there in human form and who after their return to mankind possess many of the qualities of the grizzly bear especially his apparent invulnerability to fatal attack the bear shamans can not only assume the form of bears as they do in order to inflict vengeance on their enemies but it is believed that they can be killed an indefinite number of times when in this form and each time return to life. <clears throat> in some regions, as among the Pomo and Yuki, the bear shaman was not thought as elsewhere to actually become a bear, but to remain a man who clothed himself in the skin of a bear to his complete disguisement, and by his malevolence, rapidity, fierceness, and resistance to wounds to be capable of inflicting greater injury than a true bear. Whether 
any bear shamans actually attempted to disguise themselves in this way to accomplish their ends is doubtful. It is certain that all the members of some tribes believed it to be in their power. Pomo beliefs differ rather fundamentally from those here summarized. In the first place, the Pomo appeared to know nothing of the magician acquiring his power from the bears themselves. <clears throat> I just want to say, I just want to add that I had done previous episodes on bear sacrifices, shamans, the Ainu. In Japan, the Ainu would uh, raise a little bear cub. Women would let it literally suckle from their own breasts. They would literally feed the bear cub from their own breast milk, right? And then, <clears throat> you look it up, it's on YouTube. And then they would literally, basically, sacrifice the, little, the, the bear that had grown up now. I mean, you watch the Ainu bear sacrifice ceremony, and you mute the volume of that video, and then you play... <laughs> Like any Christian hymn, old school hymn, like All to Jesus I Surrender, or Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. You play that song with the Ainu, Ainu Bear Sacrifice Ceremony video. There you go, man. Christianity has been around way... <laughs> okay. This whole bear thing, even the California flag with the grizzly bear on top on the flag now well it's a bear shaman okay or <clears throat> there's um there's so many like fictional novels or story books about like bear people bear tribes like back in the hunter gatherer times like there's a bunch of them if i am remembering correctly but yeah, and then there's you know movies on Brother Bear. It's, it's this this is very interesting. I'm surprised I didn't find this book sooner. But <clears throat> anyways, um, since they ascribe no guardian spirit to him, he is scarcely a shaman in the strict sense of the word. The current term doctor, mislead, misleading as it may seem at first sight may therefore be conveniently retained as free from the erroneous connotation that shaman would involve. In the second place, the power of the doctor was thought to reside wholly in his bearskin suit or parts thereof, and apparently was considered the result of an elaborate ceremony performed in its manufacture and subsequent donning. This distinctly ritualistic side of the bear doctor's practices removes him still more clearly from the class of the true shaman. Thirdly, there is a detailed Pomo tradition of the origin of bear doctors. This story is cast in the mold of myth. In fact, its initial portions may be taken from the current mythology of the tribe. Other parts are, however, remarkably unmythical and matter-of-fact. Just it's just interesting because I'm just saying anytime any of these mythologies or stories that we read, you you go to the source. How did we get these stories? Somebody went and basically collected these stories. They went and listened to people, 
tell these stories. They wrote them down, right? The Grimm Brother fairy tales, that's basically what they did. They went out to the countryside, to the... They went to the whole country collecting stories. And then they put it all together in a book. I mean... Who... (laughs) Who told them these stories? It was it was human beings, right? Oral tradition, that's basically what it is. That's basically what was happening. Oral tradition was being written down to create history, right? In order to have civilization, one of the requirements is written history. So, who goes and writes these stories down? Guess who, motherfuckers? It's the fuckers in the cities who own the land, right? They need one class of motherfuckers telling these stories to the population of that city to all be on the same page. It's the software for the hardware, which is the city, the square, right? The mind. (laughs) The fucking animal farm, the zoo, whatever you want to call it. Stories. The official version is given by, guess who? The the pastor guy from the movie There Will Be Blood. Right? There's always two sides. There Will Be Blood is basically Moses replayed. <clears throat> it's basically the story of Moses replayed with oil. Fucking Daniel Day-Lewis is Moses, and the pastor character is Aaron, his brother. Moses couldn't talk, so Aaron had to do the talking for him. It's, it's, it's how you start a civilization. You need the priest class, and you need the ruling class, right? Separate the church from the state. You say that to the citizens, but actually they're working together. It's apocalypto. The ruling class and the priest class, they work together. (coughs) Come on, it's... (laughs) There was never a separation from church to state, motherfucker. The Vatican is still running Washington, D.C. That's why none of this shit makes any sense from Americans. From Americans, the policies Washington, D.C. makes makes no motherfucking sense for the citizens of America who are being told that this is a democracy. Princeton already did a study back in 2014-15 saying, no, motherfucker, America is an oligarchy. Jordan Maxwell already said, apparently America already got bought out by the Vatican back during the Civil War. America went bankrupt. That's when the Pope, the Vatican, came in with their private banks and bought America out. And since then, America's just been a corporation. Each state is just a corporation. It's just... It's, the first motherfucking corporation was the Roman Catholic Church who sent out all these East India companies. Dutch East India Company. It's like... Who set the explorers out? It was the Pope. I mean, why is this so complicated? It's not that complicated. If we just simply go back in history, 
all this Western exploration, discovery, enlightenment happened how? Motherfucker, how? It's the Crusades. What was the Crusades? It was literally the Pope sending out mercenaries to the East to just take shit, bring it back, and the Pope would forgive all their sins. That's what the Crusades was, man. And then with all that stolen booty now, they went to go discover new lands to go rape and plunder in the name of Jesus fucking Christ. Jesus loves you. (laughs) Now suck this horse cock. This is, this is the story. But they don't even want to fucking face it. They don't even want to, they don't even want to, want to, want to face their own history. (sighs) Oh my. Goodness, man. That's that's the history. That's the official history of Western forced democratic Christianity. <laughs> the Bible, which all these pastors fucking wave in the air. The Bible, the word of God, the Bible, was given by the Roman Catholic Church, man, by Pope Damasus, who ordered Jerome to compile the Bible books together. Pope Damasus got those scrolls rolled up by Jerome and he gave them to Pegasus. <laughs> and then Pegasus went and delivered the word of God to Jesus because <laughs> they're best friends. Pegasus and Jesus are best friends. <clears throat> Stories. What did Jesus say? You man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the word comes out of the mouth of God. <laughs> Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Oral tradition. Ye are gods, except for Yeezy. Okay? Ye are gods. What the fuck does that mean? You, dumb fuck, are the vessel that holds that heartbeat. What is that heartbeat? What is that heartbeat? That heartbeat is the ohm, the sound, the six-sided star on the flag of Israel is ohm, the sound for God, because sound is consciousness. Truth is silence. Only in silence you come to realize that all you are is that heartbeat. Once that heart stops beating, you go back to silence. <clears throat> it's okay. It's all coming together. We forgot. Now we're going to remember. <laughs> it's no big deal. Okay. Thirdly, there is a detailed Homo tradition of the origin of bear doctors. Okay, I read that. Other parts are, however, remarkably unmythical and matter of fact. The res- the resultant whose the resultant whole is therefore rather incongruous, and in the form recorded may have been somewhat influenced by the speculations of an individual. But the events which it describes agree so closely with the beliefs with the 
which the Pomo at large entertained concerning the practices of recent bear doctors, that the question of the extent of the prevalence of the myth among the group is of less important importance than the insight which the tale affords into the Pomo mind. So obviously, when there's somebody telling a story, <clears throat> a story isn't just, you know, a story didn't exist in a book. That's not how stories first existed. The first stories existed in humans, right? Right now they're trying to bring back the, the human library, meaning cherish people who know stories. What are stories? Those are the songs of little birdies, right? <laughs> that's what that's what stories are. Those are the songs of humans. Okay. So, we write down these stories. We tell these stories to ourselves. Who used to tell these at first? It was whatever, the old man in the village or the old old woman, whatever, doesn't matter the shaman, whatever. It was the, that person was the library. And why were these stories important? I mean, the perfect image, the perfect scene for this image I'm trying to portray is from the movie Apocalypto. That the scene where, when at night when the whole village comes together <clears throat> around the fire and the old man, probably the shaman, was telling them all a story. And like all stories that come from old men have have a point to it or a lesson or whatever cuz that's just how things work right because stories are given by every story is coming from a human a perspective right so you cannot have anything without interpretation anyways <clears throat> That's why I think we need more people telling their own stories instead of these monopolies that get to decide which stories get told. We don't even need them anymore. We got like everything to do this do this shit ourselves now. I mean, we're already doing it. <laughs> we're already doing it. I mean, what is TikTok? TikTok is like blockbusters. Like, Blockbuster, sorry. The store, the, the, remember, you go get, rent your movies or whatever from Blockbuster. TikTok is like Blockbuster <clears throat> with the creator making the content. Most of it's just, you know what it is, but <laughs> it's, nobody is forcing these people to do any of this shit. <laughs> They are doing it all. They are doing it all out of their free will. That's the beauty of TikTok. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of uh. Uh, there's they still regulate the shit that's on there. You can't share all anything, but it's it's very uh. It's not censored like all over like fucking Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. My god, man, YouTube is fucking useless now, man. <clears throat> they they are I mean 
YouTube used to be something. It's something else now. It's something else now. Anyways, I'm gonna shut the fuck up. <sighs> Stories. Okay. But the events which it describes agree close agree so closely with the beliefs which the Pomo at large entertain concerning the practices of recent bear doctors. I already read that. Okay, these peculiarities render a comparison of Pomo bear doctor beliefs with those of other Californian groups desirable. But the published data from elsewhere are unfortunately too fragmentary to make such a study profitable at present. It has only seemed feasible to append some comparisons with Yuki and Miwok beliefs. <clears throat> it may be added that the statements which, const which constitute the body of this paper are the statements of native informants cited as representative of their convictions and not as the opinions of the author. The, deg the degree to which the reputed practices of bear doctors were actually practiced is far from clear, as Dr. Kerber has stated. Whether, however, whether, however, they rest mainly, partly, or not at all on reality, they furnish interesting on reality, they furnish interesting psychological material. <clears throat> okay, origin account. The following tradition was obtained in January 1906 from an old eastern Pomo man and his wife. The husband stated that he had himself been a bear doctor at one time in his life. I mean, literally, if... <clears throat> if, if this... What's his name? Wants to call Europe the garden and the rest of everything the jungle. Then yeah, it's the yin and yang. This is let's say Cain who built the city has to go go around uh, exploring around his area. How do how do you do that? You you have to go talk to the people, get their stories, find out what they're. Thinking about psychology, all this shit is how. You just go collect their stories. And who used to do these? Who used to do this stuff? It was the Catholic Church. With their priests, their missionaries, right? Their Jesuit missionaries. They were the ones who were first sent around the world to go collect their stories. Why do you need their stories? If you got their stories, you know what's in their subconscious. Then, you sent motherfuckers who fit these characters in these stories these people are saying. And guess what? They're like, oh my god, it's our white savior. From our mythology, from our own stories, our savior has come to save us. Right? I mean, that's what the, that's what the, what the, the Aztecs, the Mayans thought when Christopher Columbus had landed, right, in South America. Right? I mean, the fucking priest who had betrayed... I mean... <clears throat> I'm just saying... Religion is not... <laughs> what they portray it to be, man. This all love and peace bullshit. Are you fucking kidding me, man? Just... Just study the history of the Roman Catholic Church, man. 
Are you fucking kidding me? What they are doing with the character of Jesus is basically... I don't know if you've seen that video on social media about this this dog owner was giving something to the dog. So the dog nibbles at it with the mouth. So then the owner takes it away and then he gives the thing to a doll, which is a do- like a puppet dog, a stuffed dog, a doll, which is a dog. <laughs> he, gives, <laughs> he gives that to the dog. To, to the mouth of the dog and then he beats the shit out of the, the puppet dog the, the the fake one and then he gives the thing back to the real dog to see what it does and then the real dog is like no I don't want it no more so that's what we're doing with this character called Jesus Christ see what we do is we project ourselves on whatever the story the characters the movie the the paintings whatever the 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 creator of this stuff art pottery paintings movies stories whatever you want to call it music they can decide what happens to these characters and so basically what this is this is basically what i think is going on when i, I when i look at it just the kind of trend of things, how they were going, and then how they kind of changed. <clears throat> and it feels like there's this hidden hand behind certain individuals. And just, they just kind of, kind of went complete 180, right? I mean, it makes you wonder. Pinocchio, um... Who is still pulling your strings, Pinocchio? <laughs> right? We all we all know the answer, so I'm I'm just I'm just being rhetorical. Okay. The following tradition was obtained in January 1906 from an old Eastern Pomo man and his wife. The husband stated that he had himself been a bear doctor at one time in his life. In his later years, he became a noted practitioner of ordinary Indian medicine and was much in demand as a sucking doctor. His old wife proved a very valuable informant on Pomo mythology, and it was while relating <clears throat> while relating myths that the subject of bear doctors was mentioned and the fact developed that her husband had practiced this craft when a younger man. The incident led to a full discussion of the entire matter with the couple and resulted in the recording of the following material. This was given by the Indians more as a personal favor than for any other reason and was communicated only after a pledge that their story would not be spread about as long as the two were still alive. Both are now deceased, as is also the interpreter who aided in recording the material, so that there is no reason for longer withholding this information. Out of deference to the relatives of the three, it seems best not to name them in these pages. Okay, besides the myth, these two old people furnished the greater part of the descriptive information given in the remainder of this paper, but additional data from other informants have been included. 
Unless otherwise stated, the Pomo terms are in the Eastern dialect. So right there, what you just, what I just read. But additional data from other informants have been included. This is how the Bible was written down. There you go. This little paragraph just described to you. Okay. In the days before Indians were upon the earth and when the birds and mammals were human, there was a large village at Danasha. Danasha, okay. These people were great hunters, pursuing their game, their game with bows and arrows and spears. But chiefly they set snares in every direction about the village. Sounds like a verse from Proverbs. They had caught many kinds of game, but finally found a large grizzly bear in one of the snares. They saw that his carcass would furnish a great feast, but they were confronted with the difficult problem of getting their prize to the village. Each of the birds tried unsuccessfully to carry the bear, first on his right shoulder and then on his left, in the following order. T-S-A-I, Sai, Valley, Blue Jay, A-U-A-U, Crow, I-L-I-L, a species of hawk, T-I-Y-A-L, Tial, Yellowhammer, Karats, Red-Headed Woodpecker, Sawalwal, Mountain Blue Jay, Bakaka, Pil... Pileated woodpecker, Kabanasiksik, a large species of woodpecker. This is very interesting. This is like they had fucking all these names for all these birds. Kagakbabia, a species of hawk. Kia, a species of hawk. Siwa, mountain robin. Sitoto, robin redbreast. Kumasia, grass bird and Finally, a very small bird, Sina Bitut Kaya Patsork, <clears throat> succeeded in carrying the bear. He first tied its front and hind feet with a heavy milkweed fiber rope in such a manner as to enable him to sling the carcass over his shoulder with the body resting upon his hip. No one else had thought of any such method. The ingenuity of this bird, the small, the smallest of them all, won success and, and enabled him to walk away easily with the heavy load. The others laughed uproariously and shouted their approval of the feat, immediately naming him Burakal Ba Kijon. Literally, grizzly bear you carrier. Thus he carried the, the grizzly home to the village, and Blue Jay, the captain, cut it up and divided the meat among all the people. As a reward for his service, Burukal Ba Kijan was given the bearskin. This was a very valuable present worth many thousands of beads. Yeah, right, right there... So these birds are not birds. These are motherfucking shamans. Okay, and right there was a bear sacrifice. And they divided the meat among all the people. This is the crucifixion scene right there. 
in the story of Jesus, after they crucified him, what does it say? And they and they divided up his belongings among each other equally or something like that. Just it's the same fucking theme. This is the hunt or whatever and and then sharing of the meat together. This is the scene is also in the movie Apocalypse after they they catch their first thing the the first prey or whatever. They divide up the meat with each other. It's, it's the same thing. The, what even in the Bible, what did Jesus say? This is my blood. This is my body. Like it's the same fucking thing, man. All they did was went and collected these stories from all over the places the Roman Catholic Church went, raped and pillaged, right? They took their stories, their songs, their poems, and then. Fucking A, man. It's like... I mean, it's pretty brilliant. These smart motherfuckers, man. I'll give them that. They're fucking smart motherfuckers. But it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> it's still pretty fucked up, man. Okay. This is what they do. They use your own subconscious material and mirror it in front of you, which is called ads. Which we hold the mirrors up for them in front of us saying mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> okay. With this skin in his possession, Barakal Ba Kejon thought a great deal about the grizzly bear and became very envious of his powers of endurance, his ferocity, and his cunning. He forthwith began to study how he might make some use of the skin to acquire these powers. I mean, yeah, man, even fucking um, Hercules, he wore the lion's skin on him after he killed the motherfucker, right? It's, it's, he's a shaman. He was a shaman, okay? He needed an assistant, and finally took his brother into his confidence. There you go. This is Moses and Aaron. The two paid a visit to Kodano, a high mountain east of the village. They then went down a very rugged canon, canyon canyon, on the mountainside and finally came to a precipice, the bottom of which was in, inaccessible except by way of a large standing tree, the upper branches of which just touched its brink. Hmm, is that the world tree? On top of a mountain? Okay. In a most secluded and sheltered spot at the foot of this precipice, they dug a cavern called Yelimo, or Burakal Yelimo, which they screened with bows so that it would be invisible even if a chance hunter came that way. <clears throat> they dug an entrance about two, six, about two feet in diameter into the side of the bank for a distance of, of about six feet. This led slightly upward. They dug an entrance about two feet in diameter into the side of the bank for a distance of about six feet. 
This led slightly upward and into a good-sized chamber. The mouth of this entrance was so arranged as to appear as natural as possible. Some rocks were left to project and twigs were arranged to obscure it. The Batman right here. As a further precaution against detection, the brothers always walked upon rocks in order never to leave a footprint in case anyone became curious about their movements. God damn. Let's talk about the man cave. The <laughs> Okay. The man cave became the bar. What's the password? Okay. They even went so far as to have the rocks at the foot of the precipice. At, of, at the foot of the precipice. Where they stepped from the branches of the tree covered with leaves which they were careful to adjust so as to obliterate the slightest vestige of their trail should anyone succeed in tracking them to this point. What's the first rule of Fight Club? In this cave, they began the manufacture of a ceremonial outfit. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. See, what's a cave? A cave is nothing but an echo chamber sound is consciousness this is how you start cults repeat as i say <laughs> repeat after me okay they went out from the village daily ostem ostensibly to hunt and they did as a matter of fact kill deer and other game which they brought back to the village but they never ate meat nor did they have intercourse in any way with women Right, so this was the first gay club. Okay, when asked, nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, this is Robin Hood and men in tights. When asked why he was thus restricting himself, Burakal Bat Kijan evaded the truth by saying that he expected to gamble and that he had a very powerful medicine which would yield him luck only with the most rigid observance of certain restrictions. It's like the same thing as Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. It's like, anytime you had a group of men who had some skills in anything, what did they do? <laughs> it's like, even the nature. Like a... It's, it's, it's just energy. I mean, let's say you, which is a point of awareness, were put inside the body of a lion... How would you how would you need to get in touch with your animal side in order to survive? You couldn't be vegan now. <laughs> I mean I guess you could, but you wouldn't live too long. So it's just this is what I'm saying. It's Okay. Wally. Wally could only express so much because he had only so many capabilities until he started changing his parts or adding new parts which helped him do more things. It's like the gods with a bunch of hands, arms. That's all it means is you have more capabilities than just you know what you're given. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, when asked why he was thus restricting himself, Burakal Ba Kijan evaded the truth by saying that he expected to gamble and that he had a very powerful medicine which would yield him luck only with the most rigid, rigid observance of certain restrictions. Yeah, sounds like Samson and his Nazarene vow, right? He couldn't do certain things. Shamans, because uh, the spirits told him. That's why. When they began this work of preparing the outfits, they also provided a large sack of beads which, with which to bribe to secrecy anyone who might discover them. The two worked thus in the cavern four months. Plato's cave right here. When the outfit for Burakal Bakijan was done, the latter emerged from the cavern and ran around its entrance eight times each way, first in a contra-clockwise and then in a clockwise direction. Hmm, Jericho? And then the, the two then prepared a level elliptical area about 20 by 15 feet smooth like a dancing floor where Burakal, Burakal Ba Kijan might practice and become a proficient bear doctor. So that's the stage where the shaman would get possessed and put on a show for you motherfuckers. Like uh, some of these actors go full character all the time. That's called a possession. That's called possession. I, I did an episode on, on an article saying how the shaman was the original actor. The archetype. Okay. Like literally going full character. Like literally Bane telling Batman, you were merely, <laughs> you merely adopted the adopted the dark right he was born in it upon putting on the suit for the first time the procedure was as follows while seated in the dancing area burakal bakijan took the bear skin in both hands and swung it over his right shoulder and then turned his head to the left this was repeated four times in all he next adjusted the skin carefully over a basketry head frame and placed the latter securely upon his head. He next inserted his arms and legs within the suit and laced it up tightly in front, beginning at the lower part of the belly and lacing upward to the neck. Yeah, this is, uh, this is called Jungian in-depth uh, analysis. <laughs> he then tried to rise and act like a bear. This he did four times, saying, Ha! St strongly aspirated, and turning his head to the left after each trial. He finally arose on all fours and shook himself after the fashion of a bear, some of the hair falling out of the skin as he did so. I mean, I'm just telling you, man, if you take some mushrooms I guarantee you if those are good mushrooms I guarantee you you will see some things and 
I guarantee you. <laughs> I mean, be out in nature, first of all. Okay, safe, you know, with people you trust. Good company, good food, good music. You know, your environment matters. Context matters. Be comfortable. Okay. Well, or you could, I mean, you could do what the fuck you want. But I'm saying... You will see things that uh, in normal consciousness you can't. And I'm telling you, trees, certain fucking trees have spirits. You will fucking see it with your own eyes. You don't have to believe my ass. You try it for yourself. You will see for your own motherfucking self. With your own fucking eyes. But people are scared. I get it. I mean, shit, man. I was... Do not go in if you're not... If you don't want to. Don't don't force nobody to do anything they don't want to, okay? But I'm saying... I'm saying... This... All this empty space around us we think is empty. It's not empty, motherfucker. <laughs> there are different dimensions. All... Happening at the same time, man. Like Bojack Horseman said, there is no other side, motherfucker. There is no other side. Okay. <clears throat> he then jumped about and started off in each of the four cardinal directions in the following order. South, east, north, and west. Each time he ran only a short distance, returning to the practice area for a new start. Finally, the fifth time he started off, he went for about half a day's journey up the rugged mountains to the east. He found that he could travel with great speed and perfect ease through thick brush and up steep mountainsides. Moses? Is this your burning bush? In fact, he could move anywhere with as much ease as though he were on a level open valley. On this journey, he hunted for soft, sweet manzanita berries, finally returning to the practice ground after covering a great distance, perhaps a, a hundred miles in this half day. So apparently the, the shaman who travels to these places uh, bringing back things, apparently berries are requested by certain gods or spirits, whatever you want to call them. Very interesting. He repeated the ceremonial dressing and the race into the mountains for four days, returning each evening to the village and bringing the game he had killed. Doesn't this sound very familiar? Like when Jesus was put into that tomb, which is basically a cave, for three days? Doesn't this sound very familiar? Like what this shaman is doing here? <laughs> okay. Finally, on the fifth day, he again put on his ceremonial dress and went over to a creek called Taiaka. Okay, situated a considerable distance northeast of his hiding place. Here he found a bear standing erect and eating manzanita berries. There you go. 
The bear attempted to escape, but Burakal Bakijan gave chase and by virtue of his supernatural power was able to tire and outdistance the bear, overtaking him at length and killing him with an elk horn dagger, which was part of his outfit. I'm just saying it's very interesting. Certain videos you watch on social media or whatever on the internet you can find. There's one clip of this, like, this, I guess this type of antelope gazelle. I don't know what, what it was, but its horns were, like, really long going backwards. And this leopard had jumped on its back. So this motherfucker started using his horns to poke the fucking leopard on its back. And the leopard let go and the motherfucker escaped. Or even, let's say... A big ass moose or an elk and some bear starts to attack and, and you've seen them use their fucking horns those things will kill you motherfucker so here you go I mean it's like it's not that hard to put one and two together I mean humans it's just intelligence you are a point of awareness in a different package so obviously your capabilities, your perspective, everything will be different. But it's the, it's the same intelligence. It's the same awareness, right? It's, okay. Overtaking, okay. He returned and brought his brother, who tied the bear's legs together, as had Burakal Bakijan, when he won his name, and carried the carcass to the village, Burakal Bakijan meantime returning to the secret cavern. The brother skinned the bear and told the caption to call all the people into the dance house to receive their portions of the meat. On the following day, a great feast was celebrated, everyone joining and providing a share of acorn, mush, pinole, 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 bread, and other foods. The two brothers then, then announced that they were again going out to hunt. Instead, they really went to the secluded spot and made a second bear doctor's suit. This one was for the brother who underwent the same training as his brother. I mean, right here, you can kind of tell how, the, how patriarchy came about is is the movie the village you use fear right even in the bible it says the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom the wolves come in sheep's clothing right you you wear one of those shark fins <laughs> on your back and you go swimming on the beach these motherfuckers will kill you if they find out <laughs> you you so you're using fear to control the masses, right? It's it's. I mean, you go see how you you move a bunch of sheep or cattle from one point to another. I mean, it's not that complicated, right? Okay. This is also makes me think of that movie. Um, ah, what was it? It's like a fucking. I think it was like a French movie. The Brotherhood or something. The Wolf Brotherhood or the... 
something. Basically, it's like they use costumes. Finally, the, the two brothers started out one day toward the north, going up to a creek called Guhul Bidem. Here they found a deer hunter coming down a Chamis Ridge. Chamis? Chamis? They hid until the hunter came within about 15 paces of them. They then sprang out and attacked him, the elder of the two bear doctors taking the lead. This hunter was followed at, at a distance of perhaps a quarter of a mile by four others. And when he saw the bears, he made a great outcry to his comrades. After a short chase, the bear doctors caught and killed him. They tore his body to pieces just as bears would do, took his bow and arrows and started off. Okay, so it also, oh yeah, that's what I was thinking of. It also makes me think of Diablo, the game Diablo, the druid class, right? If, if you guys have played the game, you all know what I'm talking about. The druid class is perfectly, right now, everything I'm describing. Yeah, think of this motherfucker with all his fucking bears, wolves, crows, worms, like what everything he could summon to help his ass, right? Yeah, right there. There you go. The image I was thinking of. There you go. Okay. Even the fucking skills he learns is literally <laughs> having the things these animals could do. Like literally uh just they tore his body to pieces just as bears would do. I mean, one of the skills the druid unlocks is that thing the same thing as attack the motherfucker as the bears attack him i mean my goodness man it's okay it's basically putting your awareness in that by altering your state of consciousness you are putting your awareness I mean, that's basically what shamans would do. They would set aside their awareness outside their bodies so that their bodies could be possessed by this spirit, whatever it was, a bear, whatever. Even the scene from Annihilation with uh, Natalie Portman, right? The bear scene. I mean, god damn. <laughs> Talk about, that is one of the best fucking suspense scenes I have ever watched in a movie in a long time uh, that I can think of that because the visuals and the fucking sound of the 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 bear made man man fucking crazy but I think that movie was very shamanistic it, it, all that imagery was very archetypal dream imagery okay Meantime, the other hunters, who were wolves, Shimu, T-S-I-H-M-E-U. Hey, this is Mew from Pokemon, right? <laughs> who were wolves, hid and escaped the fate of their companion. 
After the bear doctors had departed, they gathered up the bones and whatever else they could find of the remains of the dead hunter and took them back to the village. Okay, so another thing about dead bodies is, so the warnings, especially for the shamans, were not to go around dead bodies because those spirits would possess you. So the spirit of the dead person is around that body for a certain amount of time. This is why they would say not to go touch around dead bodies. Because, I mean, do you like to go visit the graveyard at night? <laughs> huh? Okay. All right. Um, remains of the... The usual funeral and burning rites were held and the whole village was in special mourning on account of the fact that the hunter had been killed by bears. Yeah, from uh, Leonardo DiCaprio winning the Oscar for fighting a bear. Okay. The bear doctors went back to their hiding place, disrobed, and returned to the village as quickly as possible, arriving shortly after the four wolves had brought in the remains of their comrade. Sounds like Superman. Sounds like Batman. Sounds like uh, when Joseph's brother brothers had brought back his robe dipped in blood to make it look like he got ravaged by some wild animal. They ate their supper and retired almost immediately, though they had, though they heard the people wailing in another part of the village. Their own relatives, the birds, were not wailing, for they were not directly concerned, since the different groups of people lived in different parts of the village and were quite distinct one from another. During the evening, the captain, Blue Jay, came in and told the brothers the news of the hunter's death, asking if they had heard anything of the manner of it. So it's interesting how each different tribe or clan has a different bird as their symbol. There you go. It's, it's, so, <laughs> it's so simple, man. Okay. Um, they replied, No, we know nothing of it. We went hunting, but saw nothing at all today. We retired early and have heard nothing about it. The Blue Jay then said, We must make up a collection of beads and give it to the dead man's relatives so that they will not consider us unmindful of their sorrow and perhaps kill someone among us. The bear doctors agreed to this and commended the captain for his good counsel. Accordingly, the next morning, Blue Jay addressed his people, saying, Make a fire in the dance house. Do not feel badly. Wake up early. That is what we must expect. That is what we must expect. We must all die like the deer. After the fire is made in the dance house, I will tell you what next to do. Everyone gave the usual answer of approval. Oh, Hmm, interesting how... Okay, after the usual sweating and cold plunge by the men, the captain again spoke, calling their attention to the fate of their friend. 
the day before and asking that everyone contribute beads to be given as a death offering to the relatives of the deceased. Blue Jay himself contributed about 10,000 beads and others contrib contributed various amounts. Isn't that interesting? They use beads and you still have beads in all these other religions. They use beads. Hey, we still use beads. <laughs> so basic, right? Fucking so basic. Okay. And others contributed various amounts, but the two bear doctors contrib contributed about 40,000 beads. Hmm. This very act made the other people somewhat suspicious that these two were concerned in some way with the death. As was usual, under such circumstances, word was sent to the wolf people that the birds would come over two days hence with their gift. This is like Game of Thrones, man. <laughs> this is like Game of Thrones. The wolf captain accordingly told his people to go out and hunt and to prepare a feast for the bird people for the occasion. On the appointed day, the beads were brought by the bird people to the house in which the deceased hunter had formerly lived. The usual ceremonial presentation of them to the mourners was performed and the return feast by the wolves was spread nearby. The next morning, the, the two brothers again left the village, saying that they were going hunting. They went to their place of seclusion, donned their bear suits, and again started out as, as bears. By this time, they had established regular secret trails leading to their hiding place and regular places on these trails where they rested and ate. These trails led off in the four cardinal directions and when they put on their suits it was only necessary to say in what direction they wished to go and what they wished to do and the suits would bear them thither by magic. Huh. Upon this occasion they went eastward and finally in the late afternoon met Wildcat Talom carrying upon his back a very heavy load. They, imme they immediately attacked and killed him, but did not cut him to pieces as they had wolf. It is a custom, even now, among bear doctors, never to... Oh my goodness. Isn't that interesting? In, in the Bible, one of the prophets called down a she-bear... To kill these bunch of bastards, right? Even Joe Rogan mentions, talks about this. this. Isn't that interesting? A prophet called down a bear. Huh. Was he a shaman? Obviously he was a shaman. That's, that's the point. Okay. They immediately attacked and killed him, but did not cut him to pieces as they had wolf. It is a custom, even now, among bear doctors, never to tear to pieces or cut up the body of a victim who is known to have in his possession valuable property. Hence, they stabbed Wildcat only twice. Oh. Ah. So it's like... Makes me think of Caesar. Et tu brute. Okay, when they looked into the burden basket which he had been carrying, 
I mean, it sounds like Julius Caesar, right? This, this, <laughs> when they, when they looked into the burden basket which he had been carrying, they found a good supply of food and a large number of beads of various kinds. They took only the bag of beads which one of them secreted inside his suit. Secreted? Secreted. Okay. Upon reaching their place of seclusion, they removed their suits and were soon back in the village. The village. After, su after supper, they again retired early. I mean, do I... I I'm not even... I don't even have to try. It's... The village. Just go watch the village. It's that's basically what they're doing. Now Wildcat had started off like Catwoman right here. <laughs> Fucking Batman. Wildcat Catwoman. Now Wildcat had started off early one morning to visit friends in another village, saying that he would be absent only two nights. I mean literally it's like taking these stories out from God knows where bringing them back into the city and then these actors figuring out these writers and actors figuring out hmm how could we play these characters but in in in, in modern day life or whatever that's basically there you go that's translation interpretation everything right there okay cuz we're mirrors we are all mirrors all right where was I? Mm. Now Wildcat had started off early one morning to visit friends in another village, saying that he would be absent only two nights. When at the end of four days he had not returned, his relatives became anxious about him, and his brother and another man set out for the other village to ascertain whether he had been there or if something had befallen him on the way. This is like when David went to go check on his brothers, right? They found that he had set out from the other village to return home on the day he had promised. Then they tracked him and found his dead body. They made a stretcher and carried the body home. They arrived at the village about mid-afternoon and when, and when about a half mile off, they commenced the death wail, thus notifying the village of their coming. Wow, they even had like a death whale. The people came running out to meet them, and the first to arrive were the bear doctors, who immediately assisted in carrying the stretcher into the village. Everyone wailed for the departed, but the two bear doctors were loudest in their lamentations. Huh. I might have to reread Lamentations. Also, they contributed... Liberally, in fact, more than all the other people together when the death offering was made up. Alright, so these this is basically the origin of... Uh, there Will Be Blood, of uh, Lord, of the, Lord of the Rings, of um, Cain and Abel, right? <laughs> or even... Um, the sons of Prophet Samuel who who were taking the fat portions <laughs> that were meant to be for the Lord, right? Okay. 
For some time thereafter, the bear doctors did not go out, but finally they did so, returning with four deer, which they gave to their captain to be divided among the people for a feast. So basically, this is probably like the warrior class, just going and doing whatever the fuck they want. This the captain did after the usual sweat bath on the following morning. The next day, the two brothers left the village before daybreak, donned their bear suits, and journeyed southward to the Mount Kanaktai region. They made the journey by way of the east shore of Clear Lake, Lower Lake, and on down to near the present site of Middle Town. So either all this is happening in their subconscious or in the real world. Or it could be a mix of both. Here they found a hunting party setting deer snares. One of these men was driving the deer up out of the cannon toward the place where the snares had been set. He saw the bear doctors and called out to his comrades, Look out for yourselves, there are two bears coming. The hunters were up on the open, brushy mountainside. Two of them ran down the hill to a tree, but the bear doctors reached it as soon as they, as soon as they and as they started to ascend, attacked and killed the two, taking their bows and arrows. The other hunters then attacked the bear doctors who fled northward, pursued by the hunters whom they outdistanced. The bear doctors became tired and very thirsty, for they had drunk no water all day, so they ran up Mount Kanaktai to a small pond just southwest of its summit. The bear doctors first ran four times each way around the pond, and then disrobed completely, even taking off their bead armor. It's like Superman flying around the earth, right? Leaving their entire suits lying on the shore, they first swam and rested, and then hung their suits on some small trees nearby. I mean, it sounds like the Greek gods who turn into animals, right? Zeus would be always turning into whatever to go fuck it. <laughs> Do whatever he wanted, right? Shortly, two men appeared who approached close to them. The bear doctor said, Oh, you have come. Well, let us eat. The strangers came and seated themselves beside the bear doctors. They, th they then had a good meal of seed meal and meat. <clears throat> the belts and strings of beads worn as armor inside the suit were were piled up on the shore nearby, and when the meal was finished, the bear doctors gave all these beads to the two men, saying at the same time, You must never tell anyone, not even your brothers, mothers, or sisters, what you have seen and what we are doing. They even told the two men who they were, where they lived, and all about their activities. The men looked closely at the bear suits hanging nearby, and then went their way. The bear doctors again put on their suits and returned to their hiding place, disrobed and traveled home in the evening, retiring early as usual. 
Yeah, this could be like in the spirit world, like traveling in the spirit world. Okay, when the people heard of the killing of two more hunters by two bears, they suspected the brothers and formulated a plan to spy on them. All were to go hunting and certain ones were to keep a close watch on these two and see just where they went and what they did. They also discovered that the skins of the two bears killed by the brothers were nowhere to be found in the village. The captain called all the men to go on a deer hunt and all set off westward about midday to build a deer fence and set snares around Tule Lake for they knew that many deer were feeding in the Tule Marsh there. Nothing unusual happened that day but after all had left the village early the, but after all had left the village Early the next morning, some children who were playing about the village saw the two brothers, Burakalba Kijan, who had remained away from the hunt, giving illness as their excuse, start off toward the east. Some of the children stealthily followed them, while two others ran over to Tule Lake to warn the others. About midday, the hunters saw two bears coming toward them. <clears throat> Several of the best hunters hid at an advantageous, advantageous point in the very thick brush and tule, tule, while the others continued their shouting and beating the bush to drive the deer into the snares in order that the bear doctors would not suspect the trap that had been set for them. The hunters had agreed to act as though they did not know that the bear doctors were near, but, but to shout if they were seen. Two brother deer are coming, thus giving the hidden hunters notice of the approach of the bears. If deer only were seen, they were to shout, the deer are coming. Fucking, fucking, these guys are, like, this is, this is how, if you just imagined this whole scene played out by wolves the different howls the wolves give each other and the, there you go <clears throat> fuck yeah this is uh, the jungle book this is Mowgli okay finally one of the hunters on the east side of the lake saw the bears and shouted look out there two brother deer are coming down the hill there were two trees standing some distance apart with a thick, brushy place on each side. One hunter hid behind each tree. A third hunter stood very close to a nearby opening in the deer fence and in plain sight of the bear doctors who immediately made after him. <clears throat> At each jump of the bear doctors, the water in their baskets rattled and made a great noise. The hunter... Yo, isn't there a didn't isn't there a picture like a, apparently an old school native indigenous American picture of a man inside a bear? That's what that's what came to my mind. Okay, that rattled and made a great noise. The hunter was but a few feet from these trees when the bears came close to him, so he dodged between the trees and the bears followed. 
or the scene from um, uh, the fucking movie with Jim Carrey coming out of the rhino's ass. Okay. <laughs> oh, I forgot the name. Okay. Immediately, the two hunters behind the trees attack the bears from the rear with their cubs and jerk the masks from their heads. The other hunters came up armed with clubs, bows and arrows, and stones, and found the bear doctors standing very shamefacedly before their captors. Scooby-Doo! <laughs> Scooby-Doo busted you, buddy. Okay. Everyone shouted, These are the two we suspected. We have them now. We have them now. So, we have them now. Okay. Some wanted to kill them immediately with clubs. Others wanted to burn them alive. But the captain restrained them and insisted upon first questioning the bear doctors. They finally confessed to the murders and took the hunters to their hiding place. Here they exposed their entire secret and told all the details of their work. How they dug the cavern, how they made the ceremonial outfits, and how they killed people. The hunters then stripped the bear doctors and took them together with all their paraphernalia and the property they had stolen back to the village, placed them in their own house, tied them securely, and set fire to the house. Damn. <clears throat> Thus ended the bear doctors. That is how the knowledge of this magic was acquired. It has been handed down to us by the teaching of these secrets to novices by the older bear doctors ever since. Acquisition of Power Even as late as the closing years of the 19th century, many of the Pomo were convinced that bear doctors were still alive. This, is, this in spite of the fact that the whites had, at that time, long possessed complete control of the entire region and had succeeded, purposely or otherwise, in suppressing most of the aboriginal practices of the Indians. Evidently, the belief was a deeply rooted one in the native mind. On the other hand, since the nefariousness of the alleged practices would cause them to be carefully concealed, there are now some Pomo skeptics who maintain that bear doctors never existed. <clears throat> Both men and women of middle or old age could become bear doctors the same name being applied to both. In fact, it is said that women sometimes made very successful bear doctors. Even a woman so old and feeble that she could hardly walk would acquire great powers of endurance and swiftness through this magic. It is said that a bear doctor always learned from an old person who was or had been one. This is this is a shaman, okay? The training, even in the Bible, the prophets El Elijah and Elisha, one, it's, it's, it's the same thing, okay? The training for both men and women was precisely the same, and they were on a par in every way. A female bear doctor could not operate during her menstrual period, but a male bear doctor was similarly restricted by the menstrual periods of both his wife and his female assistant or the other female members of his household.
Interesting. He was even prohibited from going near his bare hiding place during his wife's menstruation. The periods of other members of his household also restricted him. See, this is, this is what I'm saying. Why? What is it about menstruation blood that is is very... I'm just... I'm just... I don't... I keep seeing this pattern. But I still haven't... I mean... I know that blood apparently attracts certain types of energy. Um, so maybe it's like to keep, to protect, I don't know. <clears throat> I, I, okay, so no specific fee was paid for instruction in bear doctoring, but the instructor was... Given a large share, usually one half of the spoils obtained by the new doctor in his murders. Huh. You know, this also makes me think of Samson when after his little riddle was foiled because those men had basically forced his wife to give him the answer to the riddle. He went off to some town nearby and killed 30 motherfuckers, took all their shit, and gave it to those motherfuckers who told him the answer to the riddle. So that also makes me think of all this shit. The spoils obtained by the new doctor in his murders. Alibaba, 40 Thieves, the fucking KKK. It's... It all sounds kind of like a group of men, you know, going and taking a bunch of the Crusades, the, the, the Templars, the Knights Templars. There you go. Same fucking thing. The spoils obtained by the new doctor and his murders. They burnt all the witches and they kept all the doctors. <laughs> no more witch doctors, just doctors. Okay. Also, he could command the assistance and protection of his pupil, who must stand ready, if necessary, to lay down his life for his instructor. Each bear doctor selected some friend to whom he willed his entire outfit and whom he instructed fully in its use. Upon his death, this protege took possession of the paraphernalia and the hiding place of his friend and used them as he saw fit. Yeah, Batman, man. He's he's a shaman. Batman is a shaman. A bear doctor might catch a man who was out in some lonely spot, particularly a solitary hunter, take him to his own hiding place, take him to his hiding place, and teach him his secrets. This makes me think of so many movies, man. Particularly this, particularly was this the case if the bear doctor happened to be a man possessed of few friends since it was thought necessary for him to will his paraphernalia to some to someone stories are told of specific instances in which persons have been thus made captive and instructed thus an old she-bear caught a young hunter from a village in the Santa Rosa Valley. She first jumped out upon him from her 
hiding place and frightened him badly. She rolled him about on the ground and made as if to kill him. Though greatly frightened, the boy made no outcry but watched her closely. Finally, she sat astride him for quite a long time and the boy ceased to be alarmed. She then laid him away over the long journey to her hiding place on a high rocky peak east of Santa Rosa. On the way they heard late in the afternoon on the way they heard late in the afternoon the people down in the valley calling his name as they searched everywhere for him. Finally they arrived at the bear's cave in the rocks where she had a bed of moss and leaves just as a bear usually does in its den. In the early part of the evening, the boy became homesick and fearful of his fate and began to cry. It was then that the bear doctor revealed herself. She removed her suit, showing her human form, and said to him, I did not catch you to kill you. Yeah, this is so, like, this is all so very interesting. Bear doctor, I had never even heard of such a thing. But okay, so basically, this is a shaman. So, huh, interesting. Okay. I desire only to show you how we become bear doctors and instruct you in our magic. Only human beings live in this section of the mountains. In the morning, I shall place my bearskin suit upon you and you shall practice bear doctoring. wonder if in the Bible, instead of foreskin, they meant bearskin. <laughs> and then even bearskin meaning not like he was bare naked. This is like bear, like the animal. Fuck me. What if that's the case, huh? Instead of... Oh my goodness. Okay. Man. <laughs> okay, this did not, however, reassure and comfort the boy, and he continued to sob and weep during the greater part of the night, despite the repeated assurances of the bear doctor that she would not harm him, but was, on the other hand, just like an elder sister to him, and wished to teach him powerful magic. She finally prepared a good meal for him, and he forgot his fright, and temporarily his own people. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, during the night she taught him her songs, and at daybreak began to instruct him in the ritual of donning the suit. This, of course, required that he should completely strip himself. At first he was much ashamed, but the bear doctor told him that he must not be any more than if he were only exposing his nose. I mean, if you just flipped these rolls, uh, a lot of people would be very concerned right now, right? But, <laughs> yo, this makes me kind of actually think of Beauty and the Beast, huh? Interesting. Okay. <clears throat> I'm just saying, if you just read these lines. During the night, she taught him her songs. 
and at daybreak began to instruct him in the ritual of... Oh, wait, what if this lady is... So apparently, shamans have spirit wives and spirit husbands, apparently, in their spirit world. So this is also where Jung could have got his idea of the anima and the animus, right? But his his thing was that's how we apparently view ourselves. If if we viewed our soul, so the man has the anima, the woman has the animus, right? But in the shaman world, if you if you ask the shamans, they have spirit husbands and spirit wives. So, anyways, okay, who basically are your helper to guide you and help you in the spirit world to do to do your fucking shamanism shit. To go save souls, bring them back to the to the bodies. Basically, that's basically okay. Constantine, Constantine. Okay. Um. Yeah, because it says just like an elder sister to him, and wished to teach him powerful magic. This is. Yeah, this is all okay. Tantrism right here. Anyways, about midday, this part of the instruction being finished, she put her own suit on him and gave him his first practice. She told him to first jump four times along the ground and then jump up and try to catch a high limb of a nearby tree, trying repeatedly until he could catch the limb. Then he would be able to do anything that she could. Interesting. She then stepped back, looked him over, and smiled at him. This made him conscious, and he hung his head and did not move until she commanded him to jump. So what is this, like hypnotism? At first, he jumped only short distances, but he continued his practice for four days, each day donning the suit with the elaborately regulated ritual and finding each day that he could jump a little further and a little higher than on the previous one. At last, he succeeded in reaching the limb and in jumping down at one jump and back to the starting point in, in four more. His tutor rejoiced at his success and said, Now you will succeed in every way and enjoy good luck, secure plenty of beads and other goods, be able to travel far and possess great endurance. She then gave him a complete outfit and told him that he would thereafter procure an easy living and wealth if he would use it and observe the secret rites she had taught him. She herself had acquired great quanti quantities of property, beads, food, and other commodities which, which she stored in her hiding place. The bear doctor was not permitted to kill more than four people in one year upon penalty of the loss of his magic power and consequent capture upon his attempt to kill the fifth. Sound like vampires. Alright. Um, I just wanted to read 
this part of about religion from about the Pomo tribe from encyclopedia.com <clears throat> the Pomo believed in many spirits including a creator hero who gave his name to the secret religious society called Kuksu the Kuksu Society was open only to a small group of men who were selected while very young to go through to go through a long training process. <clears throat> Once they became members, they were responsible for carrying out many of a village's ceremonies and public affairs. At ceremonies, Kuksu dancers pretended to be spirits and wore special headpieces. <clears throat> made of sticks with feathers at the ends. They generally painted their bodies black. The dance rituals ensured good luck, such as abundant acorn and fr fruitful harvests, or protection against natural disaster and enemy attack. <clears throat> A lesser religious society called the Ghost Society was open to all young men and in some Poma groups to women too. The Ghost Society. <clears throat> the ghost society performed dances like those of the Kuksu to, on to honor the dead. Both the ghost and the Kuksu societies were led by professional, professional spiritual guides or shaman. <clears throat> Alright, going back to the book now. Assistance. Assistance. A bear doctor must always be assisted by someone. Sounds like a magician, doesn't he? He usually hired some female relative who could be trusted to secrecy. She wove for him the water baskets which formed part of his costume and cooked for him the special food which he must eat while operating as a bear doctor. <clears throat> I wonder if these guys ever encountered like a real bear while they were in costume just to see what happened <laughs> okay she must observe the same restrictions as the bear doctor himself abstaining from meat or foods containing blood in any form and also from sexual intercourse dr doolittle okay the evil consequences of a violation of these restrictions did not befall her but the bear doctor himself was sure to be killed in combat or captured, which meant certain death at the hands of an outraged populace. <clears throat> this assistant was never the bear doctor's wife, but the wife, if he had one, must remain abed in the morning until the sun was high and the bear doctor was well on his way from his hiding place. She might then rise and go about her daily routine as usual. If he had no wife, his female assistant must observe this restriction for him. In making a suit, it was necessary for a bear doctor to have an assistant who not only helped in the actual construction of the suit, but also sang the long series of songs required during the ceremony when the suit was first put on. <clears throat> 
hiding places. Since custom prescribed that every person leaving a village told where he was going and the purpose of his mission, it was difficult for a bear doctor to get away undetected for the pursuit of his, <clears throat> of his nefarious practices. <clears throat> All his preparations must therefore be made in perfect secrecy. Very frequently he gave as an excuse for his absence that he intended to go in search of manzanita berries or hunting in some distant locality, sometimes announcing a stay of several days. <clears throat> Since he was forbidden to partake of food or water on the morning of the day he wore the bear costume, he usually ate and drank heartily the night before and repaired <clears throat> and repaired to his hiding place before daybreak interesting how it's like before a certain time it makes me think a lot of things like vampires if the sun comes up well or zombies <laughs> <clears throat> or wait zombies aren't no, they don't have no okay. Anyways. Um as, where was I? Okay. To lend color to excuse to his to lend color to his ex excuses, he usually brought home some game or berries. As a rule, these were not handled at all while wearing the bear suit, although apparently it was believed that no penalty was attached to doing so. <clears throat> Whenever possible, a bear doctor found some natural cave or secluded spot in a deep canon. Canon. So it's it's spelled C-A-N-O-N, -N, but on top of the first N, there's like this wiggle. So I'm assuming deep canyon, or in the most rugged mountains. See, Samson lived in that cave at the mount at the mouth of <clears throat> the mountain or something. So it was apparently King Arthur lived in some mountain. Okay. If necessary, he dug a cavern as related in the foregoing myth, taking care to scatter the fresh earth about in such a manner that it would not be detected. Such a place of seclusion was called Yelimo, Burakal Yelimo, or Kabega. Nearby a level practice ground called Sio Segai, literally bear dance place, was prepared where the where the weather permitting, the bear doctor performed the ceremonies connected with donning his suit. <clears throat> Superman. In bad weather, these rites were performed in the sheltered cavern. This practice ground was simply a level place in the bottom of a canyon near the cavern. It was an elliptical clearing about 20 feet long by 10 to 15 feet wide. No trail led to it. The bear doctor and his assistant, exercising the greatest care to obscure as much as possible every evidence of their movements, not even a broken twig being left about as a clue. 
probably like the holy of holies, right? Where you meet God face to face. Okay. The suit. Okay, the magic suit. The suit of the bear doctor called Gawi was made as follows. First, an openwork basket was woven of white oak twigs to fit the head and with opening for eyes, nose, and mouth. Discs of abalone shell with small openings to permit actual vision were fitted into the eye openings in the basket. This basket served as a foundation over which to place the skin of the bear's head. <clears throat> it was made so that it exactly fitted the wearer's head and remained in place even when he moved violently. The covering of this helmet, as also the outer covering for the rest of the body, was usually made of real grizzly bear skin, though a net covered with soap root fiber was sometimes used. <clears throat> the skin of the bear's head was shaped but not stuffed so as to retain its proper form, the eye holes of the skin being made to fit the shell-filled eye holes in the basket. The remainder of the bearskin was fitted exactly to the body, arms, and legs, so as to perfectly hide every part of the body and give the wearer the appearance of a grizzly. When soap root fiber was used in making the bear doctor's suit, a fine net was first woven and thickly covered with shredded soap root fiber. This was woven entirely in one piece and so arranged as to completely cover the wearer from head to foot, including the basketry helmet just mentioned. It laced in front. <clears throat> a low shoe with the sole rounded and shaped somewhat like that of a bear's foot, was worn. This shoe was made of woven basketry held between two hoops and so arranged that the foot went between the two sections which were attached directly to the costume. <clears throat> it was said that sometimes also similarly shaped shoes were placed upon the hands. At other times, nothing was worn on either hands or feet. Before donning the suit, or before donning the suit, an armor of shell beads was put on. So this magic suit, you could say, is also the you could say from the Bible, the armor of God. <clears throat> Okay, four belts covered the abdomen. Each was about six inches wide and made of a different size and form of beads. One, called Muki, covered the umbilicus. The other three, which were placed one above the other, completely covered the remainder of the abdomen, chest, and back up to the armpits and were called respectively Kibukal Katani Kutsa and tada 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 the last the last protected the last protected the heart and was made of very large discoidal beads ordinarily these bead belts were woven in the usual way sometimes however one or more of the four was covered without by a layer of woodpecker scalps 
strings of shell beads were wound closely about the arms from wrist to shoulder and the legs were similarly covered. All these beads served as a protection against arrows in case the bear doctor was attacked by hunters. A type of body armor made of wooden rods and used in open warfare is said to have been sometimes used by bear doctors. This consisted of two layers of rods obtained from the snowdrop bush bakal, each rod being about the size of a lead pencil. Maybe Bigfoot is a bear doctor. These were bound together with string, one layer of rods being placed vertically and the other horizontally in such a manner as to make a very close and effective armor. Two globos, two globos, three rod foundation baskets called, oh jeez, kut kadot kadoi. <coughs> And each about three inches in diameter were half filled with water and each encased tightly in a closely woven fabric made of milkweed fiber cord wherein a casting of rawhide. One was then tied inside the bearskin suit just under each jaw or, un or under each armpit in the soap root fiber suit. Try saying that fast. Soap root fiber suit. F small pockets were woven on its inner surface for their reception. The swashing of the water made a sound, pluck, 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 resembling that of the viscera of a bear as he moves along. Man, these guys like... Sometimes instead of these baskets, a slightly larger pair of plain twining were tied one at each side at the waist. The doctor never wore more than one pair at a time and never wore a single basket alone. Canoe form baskets 10 or 12 inches long and with unusually small openings were sometimes carried in place of the small globose baskets above mentioned. They were sometimes filled with water as were the small baskets and at other times were used as receptacles of beads, berries, or other commodities. Also makes me think of Moses' basket. Yes, floating down the river. Okay. <clears throat> Canoe form baskets, 10 or 12 inches long. Okay. <clears throat> Plate 7, which is, I'll put a link to this thing. You'll see, you can see the pictures. Shows a Pomo bear doctor suit in the Peabody Museum of Harvard University. Reproduce reproduced by courtesy of Mr. C.C. Willoughby. This is a model. While differing in some details from the explanations received from informants, it confirms them in substance. Weapons and their use. A bear doctor, you can think of um, the druid from Diablo. I mean, just, just look up YouTube. A bear doctor usually carried one and sometimes two elk horn daggers called boo, a literally elk horn. <clears throat> oh, sorry, it called boo ah, literally elk horn. Such a dagger. I mean, the druid in in the in the Diablo game, 
He can even transform into a bear or a werewolf. I mean, just just YouTube. I might put up a video. Okay. Such a dagger was from 6 to 10 inches in length and was made by pounding at its base and breaking off the large end point of an elk antler and sharpening its tip. It was rubbed on a grinding stone and smothered throughout its length and a hole was bored in its base through which a loop about 2 feet long was passed for suspending it about the neck or from the belt this loop was always of string as this is not affected by dampness obsidian or flint knives called bat with an exclamation mark (laughs) were obsidian or flint knives called bat were sometimes used in addition to or in place of of the elk horn dagger the blade of such a knife was made by first striking the larger flakes from it with a hammer stone and then chipping its edges with an antler chipping tool this blade was set into a split oak handle and bound securely with string but was not pitched both of these were thrusting weapons other weapons were sometimes used even the stone pestle being employed as a weapon. Bear doctors often operated in pairs and sometimes in greater numbers. They frequently deployed... Yo, I swear I've seen that played out in a movie. Someone, some warrior wearing a bear costume uh, trying to walk up to a town or village or fortress... I I swear I've seen some of that. But anyways, okay. They frequently deployed so as to cover a considerable area in their hunt and had a method of intercommunication. If a prospective victim was sighted at some distance, the bear doctor stood erect on the top of the nearest ridge with his back turned directly toward him. This signal brought the other bear doctors into positions to surround the victim. Yeah, these motherfuckers were on a different fucking... Okay. Informants maintain that in the actual attack, a bear doctor frequently stood unconcernedly near the path of his victim and with his back toward him until he was quite near. Yeah, this kind of changes the whole perspective on the story of Red Riding Hood. Hmm. Interesting. That wolf. (laughs) That wolf in Grandma's bed. Okay. Um... He then whirled and attacked suddenly. They stated that this was also the method of attack of a real bear. It is said that the only way to overcome a bear doctor was to seize his head or shoulders and jerk off his helmet. No pun intended. This completely removed his magic power. Right? (laughs) The story is told that 
that Komachi, a very brave and powerful man formerly living at the Yorkville Rancheria, mistook two real bears for bear doctors, attacked them in this manner, and finally succeeded in killing them. <clears throat> you know, sometimes you ever wonder, like, these people going around collecting these stories, if, if the people telling these stories are completely bullshitting them. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, rights over the suit. When the suit was put on for the first time by the bear doctor, the following elaborate ceremony was performed. The assistant took up his position in the center of the practice ground, having on one side of him 400 counting sticks, each about the size of a lead pencil, nicely arranged in even rows, Directly in front of him was the entire bear doctor's suit except the beads and bead belts, that is, the basketry helmet, the bearskin garment, the two water baskets, the dagger of elk antler, and the obsidian knife. These were the articles which were strictly ceremonial and which must never be handled by women or children for the reason that they were the property of the particular supernatural supernatural beings under whose patronage the bear doctor operated and whose powers were invoked for his success especially by means of a long series of ritualistic songs sung by his assistant during the ceremony of donning the suit now to be described while the assistant sang the ritualistic songs the bear doctor who was to wear the suit danced up toward it four times each from each of the four cardinal points in the following order north west south east north west south east okay <clears throat> each time the dancer advanced toward the suit the singer raised above his head one counter from the one side and as the dancer receded placed it on his opposite side Thus, this portion of the ceremony took 16 counters. Having thus approached the, the suit four times, the sacred number four, the dancer picked up with his left hand the basketry helmet and danced with it four times around the practice ground, the singer keeping tally with the necessary four sticks. He then danced four times up toward the back from the place on the practice ground, where he intended to temporarily place this object, so using another four counters. Thus, they were used in all with this one object, 24 counters. He did precisely the same with each of the remaining four, five articles of the suit. Thus, 144 counters were transferred from the original group to the singer's opposite side. Interesting. One... 144 that number <clears throat> is uh, also mentioned a bunch of times in the Bible I think 144 or like 144,000 he next took all six of these articles in both hands and performed the same cycle of 24 dance movements that was employed in handling each separately so using 168 counters up to this point he then repeated this entire cycle of 168 dance moves, dance movements, 
in precisely the same order and manner as just described by using the right hand instead of the, instead of the left thus using 336 counters up to this point he then repeated all the foregoing movements exactly in reverse order in every as in every respect <clears throat> taking up the articles in reverse order and dancing toward the cardinal points in reverse order and using the hands in reverse order thus using 672 counters up to this point he finally took the entire suit in both hands and went around the practice ground four times in a clockwise direction and then four times in a contraclockwise direction thus using in all 680 counter counters Indicative of that number of separate movements, or rather 170 distinct types of movements, each repeated four times. Throughout this entire ceremony, the assistant sang ritualistic songs, invoking in the ascending order of their importance the aid of the particular supernatural beings under whose patronage the bear doctor was supposed to be and with whom he came into direct contact. According to one informant, these were in order Brushman, Rockman, Shademan, Springman, Pondman, Mountainman, and Sunman, though a large number of others are also included. In fact, it seems probable that all the spirits of the Pomo world are supposed to be directly concerned following were specifically mentioned by the informants okay so <clears throat> there was mountain man danogak in the eastern dialect central dialect there was danobaya anyways mountain man water man Nightman, Valleyman, Brushman, Rockman, Springman, Shademan, there was a Fireman, there was a Disease Man, there was an Insanity Man, one was just called Koksu, doesn't say what it means, um, White Leg Legged, no. Whittle, what? Whittle leg widow. <clears throat> there was dream man, wind man, pond woman, blind man, sun man, sun woman, deer man. Huh. To all these he sang songs and made prayers, the substance of which usually was, You know what I am doing. I am doing as you do and using your ways. You must help me and give me good luck. <laughs> he sang to and invoked particularly Sun Man because he was an all-seeing deity and knew everything that happened all over the earth, and more particularly because as Sun Man arises with the sun each morning, he comes with his bow and arrow drawn and ready to shoot on sight any wrongdoer. 
I have never heard of any of this shit, man. <clears throat> sun man is Samson. Samson literally means sun man. Man of the sun. I had never heard of any of this shit, man. Unless, <clears throat> therefore, Sun Man was propitiated and previously informed of the Bear Doctor's intentions, he was likely to shoot him just as the sun appeared above the horizon. The substance of his prayer to Sun Man was, I am going to do, I am going to do as you do. I shall kill people. You must give me good luck. <clears throat> when the suit was finally put on, there was a certain amount of ceremonial procedure. The beads used as armor were first put on the naked body. The arms and legs were closely wound, each with a single long string of beads. The bear doctor then danced around the practice ground four times in a clockwise direction and four times in a contraclockwise direction. He next advanced toward the receded he next advanced toward and receded from the suit four times each from the north, west, south, and east. He then made four times a motion as if to pick up the suit, and again four times the motion of putting the suit on, after which he donned it and was completely ready for his journey, being endowed with all the supernatural powers of the bear doctor. Throughout the entire construction of the suit and also throughout the ceremony connected with putting it on, he turned his head around toward the left after each separate action, such as lifting up or putting down any article and after each dancing up and back toward the suit or running around the practice ground. Yeah, <clears throat> I find this very interesting because even, even till now, I find it so interesting how people are so amazed when somebody else imitates somebody else so especially basically when you sound like the person you're imitating i mean the behavior and all that the acting part sure but like if you can get down the voice and just the way they talk and whatnot like people even even till now 2022 are like amazed and I find this very interesting because it's like well I mean sound is consciousness so that's why and what is sound so my question is what is sound is energy what is energy it's uh <clears throat> it's uh it's movement it's <laughs> it's music it's your heartbeat it's Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It's like... We're not that different. <laughs> We're just looking at it from the city. And, you know, just years of not learning about other things and just certain things. It's like, we forgot, man. We forgot. Okay, anyways... 
In case of inclement weather, the bear doctor dressed in the shelter of the cavern, but if the weather was fair, this was always done on the practice ground. In undressing, on the other hand, the bear doctor performed no ceremony at all, but simply took off his suit and carefully laid it away, hanging up in the hanging up in the cavern, the bear skin itself to keep it clean. Yeah, Batman. Where did he keep his bat suits? Okay. It was necessary that a bear doctor swim immediately upon removing his suit. Still dressed in his bead armor, he went, therefore, to his swimming place, removing the beads and piling them on the bank. This was done so that if discovered, he had immediately at hand a treasure with which to buy secrecy. I see. The penalty paid by an informer who had been thus bribed was certain death, and certain death at the hands of the bear doctor. Upon emerging from the pool, he returned to his cavern, carefully folded the belts and strings of beads, and laid each away separately until the suit was again needed. I'm just saying, I think if, let's say, you took these people and just set them up in the Bahamas, <laughs> I wonder what uh, drama they would have come up with. Okay. <clears throat> It would be the crab man. Okay, communication between bear doctors. Informants state that the various bear doctors all over the country knew each other. Two or more of them often met by chance. Two or more of them often met by chance at some spring or other secluded spot in the mountains, and at such times discussed their activities. Is I think it's also very interesting that let's say. You're a bear doctor, so in order to become one, this shaman, person, whatever individual had to go study bears, right? So literally you're learning how to walk like a bear, talk like a bear, eat like a bear, whatever. So you are literally in an altered state of consciousness outside of your normal whatever character you have to be. I mean, that's everyday life. We're doing that every day, right? It's like, yeah, so then you have a bunch of other bear doctors. Then you 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 end up meeting each other because you guys are kind of on a, on a similar frequency of consciousness, bear consciousness. So it's like, what are things bears would do? So it's like, yeah, so you guys end up meeting sometime, sooner or later, because you guys are kind of doing the same thing. So it's not that difficult. So then let's say, okay, you had the bear doctors. Then let's say you had, um, like in the other tribes, they all, they all had different bird names for the different tribes. So it's like, yeah, maybe you had skunk man <laughs> or, <clears throat> or fucking owl woman. You know, it's like, Is is that so difficult to like connect? Because even up till now, you you listen to some of these uh, uh, Native American old chiefs talk, and like you you read their names, and it's like Sitting Bull or whatever. It's like 
This is why God, which was probably a spirit God in the spirit world, when he, she, whatever, them, they made man in their image. So when the, the gods in the spirit world were using the shaman, which was probably Adam was a shaman, okay, to, to, to name the animals, <clears throat> right? In Genesis, it says God took Adam to name the different animals. You go watch the song, Lava Song, in the movie Moana. It's the same thing. It says uh, the, the mountain grew up, grew I mean, the volcano came out of the water, and then he named the animals. I mean, it's, it's, it's like... It's... Without the animals, we wouldn't be human. Is the point. Even till now. Look at all these sports teams. I mean... We... Even just watch how humans... Interact with their fucking pets, man. Okay. Two or more of them often met by chance at some spring or other secluded spot in the mountains and at such times discussed their activities. They might tell each other where they expected to be next month or what mountain they would use as a hiding place and base of operations next year. Each bear doctor acted independently and knew no restrictions of any sort so far as his fellows were concerned, nor had he or his relatives any immunity from the attacks of other bear doctors. For one bear doctor might become enraged at another and cause his death or that of some of his relatives. And basically in 2022, if people did this shit right now, they would basically be put in the mental bin, in the loony bin, right? <clears throat> the only persons who are immune from these attacks were the captain of the village and his immediate family. He knew all the bear doctors and received a share of their spoils in consideration for his friendly protection. So right here, you have the whole setup of how these terrorist organizations work. They all work together. They're all, it, all the bear doctors are in on it together. <laughs> The only persons who were immune from these attacks were the captain of the village and his immediate family. That's the Pope and the presidents. The upper ruling class. He knew all the bear doctors and received a share of their spoils in consideration for his friendly protection. That's what it's all about. It all just comes down to protection. Which team are you on? And how well are you protected? That's all. Any bear doctor or person who knew all the secrets of bear doctoring usually took his relatives or at any rate certain of them to, to this hiding place and showed them enough of his secrets so that they would lose their fear of bear doctors 
and not be frightened when they heard of the death of someone through an attack by bears. Hmm. What else does that sound like? Hmm. <laughs> what else does... Such partially initiated persons also mourned the loss of the victim, as did the rest of the people, but were not in reality afraid of the bear doctors. Oh, look at this. Panther doctors. Here we go. While the bear doctor was the most important of magicians, there were also mountain lion or panther doctors, who were also possessed of considerable power. It's interesting because um, <clears throat> Samson, who was a Nazarite, was not supposed to go touch dead animals or around dead animals. Except Samson didn't give a fuck <laughs> about anything. Okay. He killed that lion. And then a few weeks later, there were some bees that made a honeycomb in that lion carcass. And this motherfucker went and ate that honey from that lion carcass. So maybe he was possessed by the lion spirit. I mean, it's like Hercules, basically. This is Leo is the sun. It's it's just it's all symbolism. It's all these fucking just every day is a Halloween for these people. Basically, it's 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 fucking Tropic Thunder two every day for these motherfuckers. Panther doctors. Okay. Very little was learned of this class of medicine man, save that the head part of their suits was made of the head and neck of an actual panther skin drawn over a basket frame, similar to that used by the bear doctor. Yeah, just think about it. It's like from the movie 300, when the boy had to go kill a wolf. So in order to kill one of these top predators, especially a fucking mountain lion or panther, I mean, you have to be smarter than the fucking mountain lion in order to kill one. And back then, they didn't have no fucking guns. They weren't using no guns. So however the fuck this motherfucker managed to kill this, this mountain lion or a panther and then use its fucking actual face, neck, whatever... <clears throat> Yeah, it means they have, well, <laughs> unlocked that animal secret powers in this, in this video game. Except they're doing it in real life. It's fucking crazy, man. <clears throat> okay. Save the part that the head... Save that the head part of their suits was made of the head and neck of an actual panther skin drawn over a basket frame similar to that used by the bear doctor. The remainder of the suit was made of shredded soap root fiber woven onto a fine net which was said to, to simulate quite well the skin of the panther. I mean, Apocalypto. The panther doctor wore no bead armor as did the bear doctor but wore a necklace of small and finely made shell beads around his neck. 
He always carried a bag filled with valuable beads with which to bribe to silence anyone who might discover him. The bear doctor used the beads comprising his armor for this purpose. Wonder why so many religions use beads. Comparison with Yuki beliefs. Y U K I. Yuki. <clears throat> the idea that the doctor is actually transformed. I mean, just I, I just want to say. When I hear like, North American indigenous names, whatever. It almost sounds like. If the, you know, the ice bridge that connects <clears throat> Russia and North America, if that was still connected, it's almost like the Japanese, the Siberians, the Russians, that whole mix, if they came across that ice bridge to North America and down the West Coast, so yeah, you can kind of hear the sounds of that whole mix of languages just came over to this side. And even even the fucking, the things they did, I mean, because the geography, the animals, I mean, it all just transferred over. Or who knows, who knows, okay. Mm, the idea is that the doctor is actually transformed into a bear that bear hair grows out through his skin and that he comes to life after having been killed ideas found among certain california indians have not been discovered among the pomo winnie the pooh poe as might be expected from the contiguity of the two groups of their numerous cultural identities, the Pomo and Yuki bear doctors are very similar. The Yuki, however, have certain beliefs that the Pomo do not possess. The Yuki bear doctor began by repeatedly dreaming of bears and was taken out and instructed by actual bears, thus placing the bear in the position of a true guardian spirit and making the doctor a real shaman. Brother Bear Later, he was thought to be instructed and to have his powers developed by older shamans. The Pomo have no such notions. Yeah, apparently the the shamans who, who in South America who make the ayahuasca tea, when they were asked, like, how the fuck did you guys know how to do all this? They they tell you that it was the, the leopard that told them. <laughs> They say the leopard told them how to do it. And then also, I think it's from BBC or or Animal Planet, but if you look up the, or was it the jaguar? No, not the leopard, sorry, the jaguar. They say the, they say the jaguar told them. So if you look up jaguar uh, getting high on some leaves, it'll tell you what type of tree, I think it's the ayahuasca tree or the other one that you have to mix the, things together for it to work so apparently the 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 jaguar was there's there's a video of that on on either national geographic bbc or animal planet look it up i might add that to i might i'll share it too but just very interesting okay 
The Yuki Bear Doctor was not always an evildoer, but in some measure an accepted benefactor, particularly in curing bear bites and in avenging wrongs to his community. I mean, even now, you, you can fucking have stories, videos of, let's say, someone, you know, fucking fainted or is in trouble and their dog goes and finds help. How the fuck do they, so how, how does that work? This dog goes and starts barking and then these people put one and two, the two together and start following this dog. And then they find, it's like, I mean, we're still, shit like that's still happening now. So this whole communication with animals and humans, I mean, we're, I mean, <laughs> we're doing it all the time, especially pet owners, Right. His capacity, his capacity thus was publicly recognized, a fact that is further evidenced by his performance of sleight-of-hand tricks. The Pomo Bear Doctor never performed any cure, practiced his magic with the greatest secrecy, and only for his own satisfaction and aggrandizement, and had death awaiting him at the hands of his own people if he was unfortunate enough to be discovered. Yeah, they would crucify the motherfucker. The Yuki Bear Doctor carried a basket containing a stone which rumbled in imitation of the bear's growl as the shaman shook his head. Analogous to this was the Pomo Bear Doctor's set of water-filled baskets which swashed like a real bear's viscera as he ran. Quite visceral. Both carried beads, but the Yuki to secure appropriate burial if killed, the Pomo as an armor and to bribe to secrecy him who might discover him. The mode of attack and the dismemberment of the victim were quite similar in both tribes. Comparison with Miwok Beliefs M-I-W-O-K the Northern Sierra and Plains Miwok called bear doctors Sulik Muko. These shamans donned bearskins, but like their Yuki colleagues, had bears as spirits, had bears as spirits, and, exhi- and exhibited their powers publicly. Like the Yokuts bear doctors, they were thought able to transform themselves bodily into bears. I mean. Wearing a costume and altering your state of consciousness, I agree with. But like, literally, a man transforming into a bear, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Okay, the Miwok relate how a man was hunting in the chaparral. Chaparral south of the Stanislaus when a bear appeared and asked what he was doing. Okay, the Indian replied that he was seeking an arrow lost in a shot at a red-headed woodpecker. The bear led him into its cave, kept and taught him for four days, and sent him home with several bears as guides. A white man married to an Indian woman 
instigated the building of a dance house to give the bear doctor an opportunity to show his alleged powers. The later the latter accepted, came, walked into the fire, pushed aside the flaming brands, and made himself a bed in the coals, arose after a time unharmed, swam, and resumed his human form. The Miwok Panther doctor was similarly met and instructed by a panther. He wore no skin and possessed no power of transformation. He did, however, acquire the panther's ability to hunt, it was thought. In extreme old age, he revealed his experiences and then died at once. It is clear that the Miwok Panther Doctor is merely a shaman who has that animal as his personal guardian spirit, and that except for his power of transfer transformation and the character of his guardian, the Miwok Bear Doctor does not essentially differ from an ordinary shaman. It seems, therefore, that the institution of the Bear Doctor has attained its most extreme form among the Pomo. Okay, and then basically it's the summary. Sure, I'll read it. Number one, the origin of bear doctors is assigned by the Pomo to the mythical times before men existed, when birds and mammals possessed human attributes. The first bear doctor arose from a relatively insignificant incident which led one of the smallest of the birds to develop his magic powers. These powers are believed to be now acquired through the wearing of a special suit which endows its wearer with rapidity of motion and great endurance but which does not itself actually transport him or perform any act. The powers are received through elaborate ritualistic songs and prayers to certain supernatural beings under whose patronage the doctor operates. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. These songs are largely sung not by the doctor himself but by an assistant while the doctor performs an elaborate dance with the various parts of the costume preparatory to actually putting them on for the first time. In addition to this constant assistant, in addition to this constant assistant, the bear doctor must have a female aide who makes certain parts of his paraphernalia and cooks his special food. He is subject to certain restrictions connected with the menstrual periods of this female aide and his wife, and they in turn are subject through him to certain other restrictions. Although all-powerful under ordinary circumstances, a bear doctor apparently loses all his magic power as soon as he is captured. I will say, though, I have seen some dudes that literally, if they didn't have a human face, <laughs> if you just swapped their heads for a bear's head, I mean, you'd see no difference. I mean, the way they walk, the way they behave, it's like, okay. Although all-powerful under ordinary circumstances, a bear doctor apparently loses all his magic power as soon as he is captured. Aww. It's like, it's like when they would drown the witches, right? If they drowned, they were real witches. If they didn't... <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. 
Bear doctors are all known one to another, but form no organized group or society. They are also usually known to the chief, to whom they pay tribute and give guarantee of immunity from attack in return for his connivance and protection. Yeah, this is a this is a John Wick. John Wick's world. In exceptional cases, the bear doctors are harmless, but in the main, their object is to kill and plunder, and they carry special weapons for this purpose. They do not practice curative medicine in any form. There are apparently other kinds of magicians similar to bear doctors. One of these, the panther doctors, has been specifically mentioned. These statements reflect the opinions of the Pomo. Some of the practices described by them could easily have had a basis in fact. Whether to what extent they were actually performed remains to be ascertained. Alright, that's it. See ya. Well, let me see. Let me see the... The Pomo... Page. I mean, I'll put the links in the. I'll add the links, but it's very, it's very interesting because I had never even heard of. I never heard of uh, any of this stuff, but uh, I mean, now if you look at um, the Egyptian gods. With all their different heads. Well, it's not that hard to imagine. Very well, they were probably shamans. And it's all about sound. It's all about incantations. It's all about doing certain chants. Whatever is rhythmic. It's like... That's why I truly believe, man, that some of these concerts or raves or whatever, it's like when there's music involved and other drugs and human bodies, I mean, I'm just saying, I don't look at, I don't look at uh, musicians the same way anymore, especially if, uh, let's say, I mean, I'm not saying everybody's out there fucking fucking people. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you won't look at certain musicians the same way anymore because you know the power of sound and words and repetition and energies. And um, there's lots of energies out there that... Uh, <clears throat> We are told don't exist, you know, superstition, this, that, but, um, I'm just saying the, the so-called people who run this world aren't, uh, necessarily atheists. I mean, they might not believe in God, but they might believe in something else some other energies instead of this kind of like 
the fucking god in the Bible is, is it's a character, man. Based probably based off of the Pope. I mean, it makes complete sense. You gotta, you know, pay your dues to the one who protects you. So, anyways, the Pope chooses the kings, chooses the fucking rulers of it's. It's nothing's changed, man. Look at look at the Roman Catholic Church land. Map of on the world, how much land they own around the world. That's all it is, man. The Lord is the landlord. Okay, it's about land ownership. If you own land, you are literally just you can own land and just make people make money because everything produced on that land you get a cut. That's all it is. Protection. Which team are you on? I mean, right now, look at look at what's going on in the world right now. It's the West versus China and Russia. This is like the same thing, man. Which team are you on? Which team is better protected? Who's got bigger ding-dongs? <laughs> Who's got bigger missiles? Like, we replaced our wooden logs for the walls around the fucking village for who's got the bigger nuke to... And the other motherfucker. This is just like, what has changed, man? You had bear doctors. Well, now you have fucking... Um, <clears throat> well, now you have even more sophisticated doctors. <laughs> like, uh, one doctor I can name who you could call a bear doctor... Would probably be Dr. Jordan Peterson. His old stuff was going a completely different kind of direction. And then all of a sudden. Once his stuff started getting views. And money got involved. I mean just just look up how much his net worth is. Some interviewer was like. So your net worth is I think something around 10 million right. Or something like that. And then he goes. Oh no, it's 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 higher than that. He said that he's, and he said it quite like, yeah. So that's what I'm saying, man. Is money, once money gets involved, once, <sighs> what am I gonna say? He and then he was like, oh no, I was, I was never like, I was never uh, bad, worse. I was never. You know, do, struggling or anything to to begin with, he said. Because yeah, he taught at pretty nice schools, so he said he was always doing pretty well for himself. So, so what am I trying to get to? What I'm saying is, there seems to be a constant narrative reshaping of the narrative, right? When it comes to the West, it's like you guys will reveal the truth but then when they when when it, when the truth is becoming a mirror for you then you have to start it's just it's just Dr. Peterson went all the way to shamanism with Carl Jung and everything and the psychological meaning of this biblical stories he even said whether you believe Jesus is a fictional 
character or not. He didn't say Jesus is real or the Son of God. He, this is what I'm saying, man. Like, the moment his stuff got big among the Christians, that's when every that's when the money started pouring in, and then his his message started to. That's what I'm saying. Any time the mirror gets turned on to the Pope, Christianity, Western history, you have to edit, censor. Is is it's is. What am I gonna say, man? Until we, if we can't even face our own stuff, then it's just gonna be store. There's just gonna be business as usual. It's gonna be the same story, same characters, same outcomes. <sighs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, hopefully. Enough people around the world kind of tired of the same old stories and want something new. So we'll see what happens. Peace.